Annyeong! Welcome to I've Made a Huge Mistake, an Arrested Development podcast. I am your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Red Herring, which is the eighth episode of season four. It was broadcast with all the other episodes on the 26th of May 2013. Uh, the character is Lindsay this time. Uh, it was actually the sixth out of the 15 produced, written by Caroline Williams and Richard Rosenstock, and as with all the other episodes, directed by Mitch Hurwitz and Troy Miller. Joining me to talk about this today is Enrico de Castillo. Hello, Enrique. Hi, Darren. This episode runs for 36 minutes and 29 seconds. Um, so that is that is almost exactly like 12 minutes longer than, you know, a normal network sitcom would run. These days, most network sitcoms are actually down to around 19 minutes. So this is almost double the length. The summary is as follows. Lindsay continues to push away from being a Bluth by embracing a new relationship and finding a new career. Um, now, that finding a new career thing is funny because we don't really get that fully explained until you watch the Maybe episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the Maybe episode has some scenes that are set... Um, at the Opie's uh, in Beverly Hills and they kind of actually explain what's going on with Lindsay's relationship with Herbert Love um, you know before she finds out what's going on with her relationship with Herbert Love towards the end of this episode and we start where Lindsay's previous episode finished uh, which is with Marky Bark at the farm Mm -hmm. (laughs) and with Marky Bark's mother who of course is married to who at this point we think the, the the dead the dead protester um, Johnny Bark uh, we'll find out in later episodes he's not actually dead uh, but Deborah Mooney of course returns here as uh, as Joan Bark um, who seems to, <laughs> seems to think that mescaline cures everything <laughs> because after Marky Bark gets bitten by what at first you know was thought to be a uh, a, a um, dead iguana yeah yeah it turns out it's alive and marky bark asks for the mescaline to rub on it um, <laughs> <laughs> to rub on the bite it's quite funny because you know obviously if we you know if you've watched the the george senior episodes then you know what's going on on the other side of the hill um you know where this farm is and and we finally i mean there's a shout out to that when at the very beginning uh, Lindsay says I'd give twenty thousand dollars for a lemonade right now, uh, which is what is happening yeah. to the uh, <laughs> to the businessmen um, who are who are who are in the old um, the summer sweat and squeeze over the mountain, and of course Marky Bark tried frightening them off. Uh, by kind of dressing up as this kind of uh, mystic and uh, and talking about how the yeah, like this kind of bird person trying to scare them <laughs> off yeah uh, which you know was not kind of that successful because I, I like I like how he accidentally saw George Senior and Oscar and he says you know he must have done too much Macca uh, because he saw two of them yeah and I don't think Macca has that effect because uh, here in my country we can buy it and we drink it and we make stuff with it and it's not like losing and like some kind of drug it's like some kind of nutritious product that is not really that good but it's marketed as some some kind of wonder wonder cure for everything <laughs> so, see i didn't realize that you were an expert on maca on enrique i should have had you on earlier um to i should have brought some maca cookies for the recording <laughs> yes. uh, well as as uh, dr norman says your body needs the maca um, it's it's never the it's never the macker, um, but yeah. So you know, Marky Bark has tried scaring off you know the CEOs who are over the mountain, uh, and they are unsuccessful. He's actually he's he's actually figured out that they they want the land so that they can build a border wall. Now this is actually George Senior and Lucille's secret plan at this point. Um, you know, Oscar doesn't realize that's what they want. 
Um, so it's it's quite funny that Marky Bark, you know, has been able to figure this out. Um, and of course, he, he says here that they just want to separate the whites from the browns. Um, and of course, <laughs> Lindsay, you know, talks about him being colorblind. And, and obviously he reveals once more, yes, he's face blind. He can actually see color. And then, of course, he says, that's how I can tell the Browns are Mexicans. <laughs> um, <you know. laughs> yeah, I didn't know face blindness was a thing until I saw this episode some years ago. I had to look up, like, is this really a thing? And it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The most well-known person that I know who has face blindness is Brad Pitt. Um, he, yeah, is that, he is has... that really true? Yes. Yeah, Brad, Brad Pitt has face blindness. He, he cannot tell... He cannot, you know, he, he can kind of, he knows who people are by their voice, mostly. Um, ah. He can't tell them from their faces, yeah. So when he's when he's in Ocean's Eleven, that is a complete nightmare for him, because there's just ten <laughs> other people, and he has... Yeah, just some group, random group of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, aside from aside from the fact that uh, that, one, um, that one Chinese gentleman is smaller than everybody else, that probably yeah. gives it away. <laughs> but other than that, it's just a sea of faces to Brad Pitt. He doesn't know who I anyone no is. Idea. He can't. He can't tell you George Clooney from Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, and we find out here that um, that Lindsay has missed her her mother's um, you know trial. Uh, this is this has been a running kind of gag up until this point where we keep seeing the chairs with the faces. Um, and we'd already revealed in the previous Lindsay episode that she'd missed the trial, but here she finds out herself, and I like how the narrator gets kind of interrupted when he says, Lindsay had missed her own mother's trial, and for that she'd never be able to forgive her, and he stops, (laughs) (laughs) because Lindsay goes, hey, I know a place that just opened up, realising that, you know, the penthouse is now free, and of course the narrator then finishes by going, herself, and then we go to the credits. (laughs) Um, I think it's funny because obviously... In, in other episodes, you know, um, in the very first episode of the season, Michael turned up to the penthouse. Um, and actually, we, we get a small crossover of that in this episode where he says, gentlemen, start your engines when he sees L- Lindsay in a wig. Yeah, um, and <laughs> another incest joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And as he goes into the, the, the apartment, you know, he gets attacked by an ostrich. And that was in like the very that was the end of the very first episode. You know, in in in, in episodes in between, we've had the ostrich attack other people. Um, so you know they've you know that we know that there's going to be an ostrich in the apartment, and the ostrich itself is is kind of a, a running joke throughout the season anyway. Um, not just the ostrich itself appearing, but obviously you know Marky Bark dressed up as an ostrich, and you know there's there's various other kind of like ostrich jokes throughout the show. Um, but yeah, I, I like how when Marky Bark... They make the joke, of course, where Marky Bark could not leave the old bird behind. And, uh, you know, of course, we're, we're led to believe that, that his, that's his mother, but it turns out to be Cindy the ostrich. That um, and, bird. <laughs> yes. And, of course, I like how when Marky Bark arrives at the penthouse, he says, it smells weird in here. What is that? And I think... And Lindsay sums it up as saying, uh, I think it's just not urine. <laughs> and of course immediately cindy goes into the master bedroom and uh, marks that as her territory um and marky bark decides to you know put some some newspapers up on the windows now in in Lindsay's first episode you know we obviously went back to after the queen mary and you know in development arrested 
but we we hadn't really kind of progressed much further in this in the kind of timeline most of it had been kind of very much like after you know the final episode of season three so here we get a one-year jump yeah uh, to kind of bring Lindsay in line with the kind of timeline for the rest of the characters um, and we see that the, you know that <laughs> the narrator sums it up by saying one year later however the only thing they'd actually changed was getting the not urine smell out of the penthouse um, which you know obviously is a, a, a kind of roundabout way of saying what had happened to it you know Lindsay obviously you know she she's she's kind of going out and begging for food or so Marky Bark believes uh, and bringing back Tres Leche cake um, and Marky Bark is working on a bomb a glitter bomb it turns out um, for um, Herbert Love and this is a joke that kind of <laughs> it gets called out later in the episode but we see a picture very quickly of Nat King Cole and uh, and the song L-O-V-E yeah. and <laughs> Marky Bark has drawn a circle with a cross through it um, <laughs> you know obviously his face blindness Meaning that he can't tell who that is, but he knows the name Love. That's the thing, and he sees the word Love, and so obviously, you know, that's that's what he's gonna do. Now, obviously, Terry Crews uh, as Herbert Love has been introduced a few episodes before this. Um, he's, you know, oh, Jack Blight. He's he's a uh, analog for um, Herman Cain from the 2012 election. Um, he has a, a predilection for. Um, you know, being accused of various things by women and also rhyming. Uh, later on, he, he keeps rhyming stuff. It's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just a, it's a funny little thing that he does. Yeah, it's a weird character tick. Yeah. Um, and here he, he's, you know, he's, he's talking about the, the two women who accused me of this crime do not have a great sense of humour. And, uh, you know, he goes to tell this joke as part of a, a kind of harassment scandal and his advisor kind of whispers in his ear and he says that he forgot the joke. Uh, so obviously he realises, you know, probably best not to say it again. And Marky Bark explains his plan, which is to hide under a podium for three days and then explode a glitter bomb in the face of Herbert Love when he goes up to give a speech. Um, which, you know, is, is kind of, you know... It's funny because if you've seen the Job episode you know what happens with that bomb before you actually see this episode, you know, because essentially the, the punchline to that has already been revealed. Um, and we'll find out why yeah. it was unsuccessful, you know, towards the end of the episode. We find out that Lindsay, obviously, you know, her character, you know, at the beginning of the show was established as someone who, you know, enjoyed protesting and being political and, you know, always supporting, you know, liberal causes such as, you know, hoop. And various other kind of <laughs> causes. So and pro protesting against the war and all that stuff from the earlier seasons. Yeah, and you know she went out to the wetlands one time, and um, you know ended up kind of going to a bachelorette auction and and not really smelling that good. Um, so, but here she's she's going to work for Lucille too. You know, obviously she has the idea of you know trying to defeat Herbert Love, not with a a, a love bomb, which is what Marky Mark labels it. <laughs> Uh, but but by working for Lucille too, um, which you know, <laughs> it, the narrator says Lindsay could only spend so many hours with that shrill feathered creature, and we jumped <laughs> we jumped to eight minutes earlier, and you see Lucille too, who makes a, a kind of a weird ostrich noise when she sees Lindsay, uh, you know, putting on some of her clothes, um, and. You know, Lucille too kind of gives her um, a wig as well. This red wig will then kind of become, you know, the the kind of the thing that that goes on for the rest of the episode. 
Uh, we also get a very quick glimpse here of Perfecto Tellus uh, wearing a red wig in yeah. the, the stereotypical um, young kind of Mexican child. I, I don't know. I don't even understand this. Yeah, it's very common in Mexican TV for not for adults to play children. The more famous ones are... There are like two major famous ones that are like with bright hair and freckles painted with marker and very old-timey child clothing and it's kind of a, an, accurate, an accurate joke and it's one they have done before because in season one in one of the prize ceremonies that Marta was there was like a best child actor and it was like random guys dressed like children <laughs> but all, all older guys <laughs> so she's obviously used this red wig with perfecto to make him look like the stereotypical mexican child for some reason <laughs> even though perfecto yeah. is you know an actual mexican teenager it seems weird that yeah. she's kind of dressed him up in this odd way so you know this red wig ends up with uh lindsay lindsay has also um you know made a banner um, <laughs> on the back of Buster, you're killing me. She has made. <laughs> she's used up all the glitter that Marky Bark asks about. You know, eight minutes later, and it says, "I'm for Lucille too for Congress," uh, and she's she's missed off an S in Congress. And obviously, you know, people don't call her Lucille too, other than the Blues. Uh, so, you know, it's quite funny. And we get a flashback here to. Um, you know, the class president campaigns. Now, previously, uh, we know that Michael ran for class president and he lost. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And obviously, um, you know, George Michael ran for class president and he also lost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Steve Holt, of all people, who then, of course, resigned. Um, and here we see the posters for the, the, the campaign that Lindsay ran against Sally Sitwell, where it says, vote Lindsay Blue for class president, rich, pretty, thin, and it says in brackets, Sally Sitwell's not even that hot. <laughs> and then Sally Sitwell has what the narrator calls a more fact-based campaign, saying, Sally Sitwell for president, I won't leave for two months and come back with a new ni- nose like Lindsay did. Uh, which, you know, I kind, of, I kind of love. And of course, Lucille points out, you know, on the banner that there's two S's in Congress, and she just calls herself Lucille, not Lucille 1. Uh, or even Lucille 2. Uh, which I, I kind of uh, I kind of love that you know <laughs> Lucille too is just has to tell Lindsay that you know she just she doesn't call herself that um, but yeah now of course Lindsay is going from you know helping out Lucille too you know to pretending that she's going out begging with uh, Marky Bark um, and I like how every time she goes into the penthouse she has to keep saying to Marky Bark it's Lindsay you're looking at Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> and she does that like twice um, and then later on she'll do it again when she runs into him but it's just each time she runs into him she has to keep reminding him um, and it's just like it's just one of my favourite jokes it's just it's just so stupid that Marky Bart can't recognise her from any other thing other than her saying who she is um, and then you know Marky Bark um, <laughs> he eats he eats the cake off of um, a photo <laughs> of Buster, and once he's <laughs> once he's finished once he's finished eating uh, off off the photo, you know, Lindsay says that's that's my brother you're licking, and of course, Marky Bot goes that's a face, so he doesn't even he doesn't even recognize Buster's face as a face, let alone so it, I don't know that's just one of my favorite little kind of jokes about the face blindness is the fact that he, that Buster is so kind of like that he was mocking Buster's face as his 
he has no face at all. <laughs> yeah. He's so ugly, he can he, he doesn't count as a face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just, and we find out here that, of course, uh, Cindy the ostrich is in heat. Um, and obviously, you know, they, they can't argue, at, 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 you know, at high volume because that will cause her to kind of like attack them. Um, and Marky Bark, you know, he, he leaves um, to, you know, um, po- after pointing out that he's the straightest guy Lindsay knows, which, of course, Lindsay says, why does every man feel they have to say that to me? Um, and, and so after... Well, this time it is true. Yeah, yes. Um, so after Marky Bart leaves, accusing Lindsay of being selfish and money hungry, Lindsay finds a Neiman's catalogue with the check which has been made out to maybe for Gangi 4 colon facelift, um, which of course Lindsay reads as Gangi for facelift. Um, so, <laughs> so um, and you know, this is when we actually get. Uh, this is one of the rare times in the show where Lucille shares scenes with other characters. Um, you know, both Jessica Walters and um, I think Jessica Walters, Michael Sarah, and David Cross kind of don't really share a huge amount of scenes with other characters um, if they're not in their own episodes. You know, there's no where apart from you know Jason Bateman and, uh, and and Will Arnett, they kind of cross over in quite a lot of the episodes and share a lot of scenes with other characters. Um, and the same is true with um, maybe as well. Maybe barely appears in anybody else's episodes other than Michael Sarah's. Um, Buster only appears in his own episode, right? Yes. Or has minor appearances. Yeah, his 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 is his is the most kind of restricted out of all the schedules because I think he was still shooting Veep at the same at the same time as this. Oh, well, um, yeah, so yeah, so unfortunately he you know he wasn't free to uh, kind of. I mean, as as we record this, Veep has got one more season and then it's finishing after that. So uh, maybe that will free him up in future. Uh, Tony Hale can <laughs> yeah, return. Yeah, more timeless. Yeah, more time to do uh, Arrested Development. So, you know, obviously, you know, Lucille and, and Lindsay, you know, Lindsay visits in um, in prison. And we find out, of course, <laughs> we see a, a quick flashback to a young Lucille writing a check to uh, get a nose job. But in, instead of, you know, trying to not hurt her daughter's feelings, she puts a Y on the end. <laughs> so it's a, a, an operation <laughs> for nosy, uh, which, you know. There's a there's kind of a bit of a misunderstanding because obviously Lucille didn't send the check and Lindsay thinks she did, so Lindsay is trying to hint at the fact that she's got this check, but you know she she doesn't want to say outright to Lucille. So there's kind of some you know odd language where she talks about how beautiful her daughter is and she doesn't want her to change or anything like this, but she still wants the money essentially. <laughs> um, so um, and of course. Uh, you know, she, she goes, um, she she says, you know, you're obviously living in, in the penthouse. And I love how Lindsay goes, so you figured it out, Jean Parmesan. Um, you know, which is, is such a great kind of, you know. I just, lo- I just love when the show kind of has those kind of call- callbacks to, you know, various episodes. Uh, you know, like anybody who is very judgy gets called Judge Reinhold. Um, but yeah. yeah. And also, Jean Parmesan is not that good of a detective. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. That's the, yeah. That's the, that's the. Well, the thing is, Lucille thinks he is, though, doesn't she? You know, that's that's the thing. Yeah, it works know. for Lucille. Yeah, yeah, so you know, it works. <laughs> right. It works to say for Lucille. Um, now, at this particular point, uh, we find out that the prison that Lucille is in is not actually that bad, uh, because there is a three p.m. hot rock massage <laughs> uh, that, it, that that, that uh, Lindsay uh, that Lucille has to attend, and um, so. You know, Lindsay makes the choice at this point to, you know, go back to being a a political activist to kind of prove her mother wrong. 
Um, and so she, you know, she agrees to help Marky bark. Um, and, um, <laughs> and I like how, um, you know, we then get Marky bark and, and, uh, Lindsay going to Beverly Hills to what, what will turn out to be the venue where the OPs are taking place. Um, but obviously also Herbert Love is having a campaign stop there. So there's a, you know, there's a little bit of a crossover between all the, the kind of different, uh, you know, the different, uh, the different kind of storylines. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, Mark, I like when Marky Bark, you know, they park up the trailer and he gets this like golf bag. And, you know, as part of kind of like uh, the disguise, as he, <laughs> as he kind of like goes in, he has this golf bag and he's like, um, what a great day to step out onto an over-irrigated golf course and play a game that wastes vast acres and use of usable farmland. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like so funny that he's pretended to be a golfer by saying this out loud. Um, like as he enters the <laughs> yeah. club, it's like, it, I don't know. It's it just, it's just, one of, I think the thing is, um, you know, Christian Metopoulos who plays Marky Bark, you know, this is, uh, it could be kind of like a, a caricature you know, the character that he's playing because it is so kind of, you know, extreme and it is it is kind of like, you know, what Lindsay would be if she was properly, you know, like an activist, you know, with the whole living off the land and, you know, C- CW Swappigans and, you know, there's all the, all, all the various kind of things that Lindsay wishes she could do and be. And, you know, she actually ends up hating <laughs> and she wants to, you know, <laughs> she's used to a life of luxury and that's what she actually wants. Even though she wants to deny being a blues, that is what she actually, you know, kind of craves to be. So it's funny that Marky Bark is kind of so willing to, you know, to, to kind of do do this activism. Um, but the, I find it funny that, you know, he as he walks into a golf club, he's he's kind of just talking out loud, criticizing it as if that's a good disguise. So the most obviously suspicious thing. <laughs> and then, of course, we, you know, Marky, Marky Bark has drawn a diagram on the wall of the penthouse, which the narrator goes back to when he, he realizes that, you know, that Lindsay is going to, um, you know, help release Marky Bark from the podium at the appointed time. Um, and then they leave in a disguise. And I like how they cut to Marky's diagram and the narrator goes, I think that's what this part refers to back when the disguise was going to be a two-part horse costume. (laughs) (laughs) I like how essentially the narrator is confused as to what the actual plan is, even though obviously, you know, we're watching the character's planet and we know what's going to happen a little bit. He still doesn't quite understand what's happening. Um, And we get our only appearance of, um, of Jeffrey Tambor in this episode. Um, well, I mean, he appears later picking up a wig, um, but again, as with this bit, it, it's taken from um, you know his 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 previous episode, um, and he runs into Lindsay um, and asks for some money, and of course she gives away the gangy check um, to um, to George Senior, who then goes and gives it to Herbert Love so that they can put up the wall, um, and she, Lindsay then runs into maybe. Um, you know, part of this is from the, the the maybe episode that is coming up in a few episodes time. Um, and we see that, you know, maybe criticizes her saying that, you know, she's here supporting a right wing dangerous crackpot. And Lindsay insists she's undercover and they're going to take down love. Um, and then we, we get the kind of the exchange, which we'll, we'll also see in a future um, maybe episode where maybe actually feels respect for Lindsay. Um, and then she actually she admits what she's doing at this particular event where she says, I'm getting a lifetime achievement for my work in the entertainment business. 
And of course, Lindsay doesn't believe this and goes, I tried, tell your therapist I tried, and then wanders <laughs> off. Um, and we'll see kind of a little bit more of that conversation in the maybe episode. Um, but at that particular point, <laughs> Marky Bombs, Marky Box Love Bomb explodes under the, the podium and, you know, kind of just covers him in blue paint. Uh, obviously, you know, something that um, <laughs> that uh, Lindsay is familiar with, men covered in blue paint. We hear the getaway song the, from the from Job's episode when the, in the time when he's, he's there, he, he accidentally sabotages the... The bomb. Yes, yeah. That song is was very catchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get we yeah we get a quick cut to find out why that went wrong, and it's because in Job's episode, he is trying to uh, the episode you know before this uh, colony collapse, he's trying to um, sabotage a Tony Wonder trick, and it and it turns out to you know to not be a Tony Wonder trick. Uh, Tony Wonder's trick is appearing out of a speaker somewhere else. Um, so, you know, there's a little play on the whole speaker thing and podium. And, you know, so there's a little bit of that going on. But, yeah. Um, and I, I like how um, Herbert Love here runs into Lindsay. Um, and in the Maybe episode, while Herbert Love is running into Lindsay, Herbert Love's manager is talking to Maybe. So there's like a there's a side conversation going on while this conversation's happening. Um, and after, you know, Herbert Love finishes talking to Lindsay, there's a reason why he finds her again and starts talking to her again. And it's unrelated to why Lindsay thinks they're talking. Um, but I like how Lindsay kind of steals, um, you know, Tobias's alias um, because she calls herself Cindy, you know, after the ostrich and then says Featherbottom. Um, Featherbottom. So, <laughs> Mrs. Featherbottom. The blues are terrible with fake names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Well, you have Charith Cute Story appearing later in the episode, I guess. Um, but yeah, so you have, and I like how Herbert Love says, of the Laguna Beach Featherbottoms. So there are some kind of like real Featherbottoms somewhere in Orange County who are very rich. You know, Herbert Love obviously is just looking for a, a way to find out what Lindsay's favourite jewellery is, he says. Uh, and obviously, uh, <laughs> Lindsay, they, they talk a lot about phonies and Orange Beach phonies. And of course, you know, Herbert Love says the only phony I'm interested in is your phony number, <laughs> 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 which is which is such a silly gag. But I just I just kind of love it. And it's worth saying as well, Terry Crews and Portia de Rossi, they really work well together. Like, the, you know, their characters obviously are almost always talking at cross purposes for the entire episode the conversations they think they're having with each other you know he thinks one thing of her and she doesn't even realize this uh, but you know they work they work really well together and it's it's you know with the uh, with the rest of development it's always fun to to kind of they, they always like pairing up actors and just kind of you know seeing what chemistry they have and i think terry cruz you know Obviously, you know, uh, such a, a great kind of um, natural comedian. Odd that he spent so long playing American football. Um, but, you know, he, he has he has a really good comic timing. And I think that works really well with Portia de Rossi, you know, in this episode. Yeah, he's very good. I don't know, was Brooklyn Nine-Nine a thing at this time or was it later? I think it started the following season. Uh, okay, because I, I, know he, I knew he was good because of uh, Everybody Hates Chris. And then here he was great and he's, and he's even better in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I think the thing is as well, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine he plays like a character who has a certain measure of authority and who is really mostly the straight man against, you know, yeah. some of the other characters who are who are kind of, you know, slightly wackier. Whereas here he's he's not playing the straight man, he is kind of 
a completely wacky cartoon character almost. You know, the kind of exaggerate. <laughs> and here's the thing. He's not much of an exaggeration from Herman Cain, who kind of almost was like a cartoon <laughs> character himself. Um, you know, and who... Yeah, who he's would... not as boring as Herman Cain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Herman, Herman Cain was just kind of a politician. This, you know, the, st- the yeah. stuff that Terry Crews is doing here, you know, he is kind of slightly more exaggerated. Um, but yeah, you know, this is... This is where we, we you know, we, we get them kind of meeting up. Um, and um, <laughs> I like how <laughs> Marky Bark has blew himself um, unintentionally. Um, and he gets <laughs> he gets escorted out of the building. And I love how his face blindness here works against him because he goes right past Lindsay. And she, you know, she says, um, you know, <laughs> she, she says to him. She she goes uh, she goes no no she goes but if I find him I'll, I'll I'll pass it on and it's it's like it's kind of really <laughs> funny you know that uh, that, that he the, the, he ends up being kind of taken away um, you know and it's funny as well that you know uh, part of the plot obviously is to bring down Herbert Love and Lindsay doesn't realise that because she'd only ever seen a picture of Nat King Cole um, <laughs> and so she didn't realise that this is the guy she's meant to be bringing down. But I like how Herbert Love says that, you know, this guy snuck up with the bomb from Mexico and that's why they've got to build the wall between us and Mexico. Um, and of course, maybe here she, she wonders how her mother did not know who Herbert Love was, um, you know, obviously. And we get a hint as to what is actually going on when maybe says, I can't believe you're such a sellout. Are you really going to whore yourself out like that? And then says, I'm not a whore. And of course, maybe goes, yeah, you are a whore. And in Maybe's episode, it'll be explained what's happened in between, you know, the two conversations that maybe and Lindsay have had. Because in between, maybe has spoken with uh, with the campaign manager about a certain arrangement. But yeah, I, I just I just love as Marky Bart goes out when he's, he's literally saying right to Lindsay's face, have you seen a woman named Lindsay? And it's just... <laughs> I, I, I think, obviously, the face blindness thing, somebody in the writer's room must have just found that about about that and just love just love the amount of jokes they could get out of the face blindness stuff um but yeah that's that's kind of that's one of my favorite things and then of course as she goes back to the penthouse we find out that cindy you know she as as marky bark had said she's in heat and you know an ov- ovulating ostrich is apparently dangerous and there's a warning <laughs> sticker on the penthouse so Lindsay can no longer you know live there michael of course then finds out that there's an ostrich in there <laughs> and his head apparently is turned by Lindsay wearing this red wig um which is the thing that causes him not to notice the ostrich that hits him well he has a preference for redheads apparently uh yeah in 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 his um, in his second episode we actually saw that um you know that the george michael's mother uh, tracy was also a redhead um so yeah, yeah. you know uh, as as they say with everyone in this episode uh, they definitely have a type um yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a type yeah uh, and so of course <laughs> we get lindsay and maybe lindsay goes to visit maybe uh, who is now living in the the you know the 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 model home um and you know um, I like here as well how um, something that we we find out later on in Maybe's episode, but both Tobias and Lindsay think that Maybe is living with the other one, when of course <laughs> she's not living with either of them, uh, and they all end up in India at the same time. And you know, there's very like they try to get away from each other, but they end up kind of always crisscrossing. And you know, here Maybe is now living in the model home. Uh, the 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 door has been smashed for some reason, to which. Um, Maybe says, kids, 
or you know people who like kids uh, she had of course <laughs> rented out the model home for use by to catch a local predator um, and we will we will hear very bri- we hear very briefly um, uh, Tobias's nickname uh, which we will see in the the, the next episode uh, later on in the, in the uh, in the jail uh, but at this particular point obviously uh, maybe is trying to encourage Lindsay to um, you know to go out with Herbert Love. So you know she she asks she asks where uh, you know where where Marky Bark is, uh, and obviously we find out that he's in he's in jail, uh, and they're t- they're upping the charges from prank bomb to non Arab terrorism. <laughs> That's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, and this is where we see you know Job calling uh, Mark Cherry and saying if you want to see a real failed magician get down to the Opies tonight, it's going to be hysterical, uh, and. Marky Bark wants Lindsay to use the money that he he you know the the check from uh, from from uh, you know for Gangi Four um, to bail him out. Of course, Lindsay, you know she was told by Marky Bark to rip up the check. She of course gave it to her father. Either way, she doesn't have the check. Um, and of course, Marky Bark says that jail's a lot like swappigans, except there's only one thing to swap. Um, and then here we get the call out to. You know, the other part of a scene that we'll see in Tobias's episode where someone shouts anus tart and uh, Tobias goes, yep, that's me. And that's over the other side of the kind of the waiting room. So, again, a little bit of crossover between the two episodes. Um, and then, of yeah, course, dark joke. yeah, <laughs> and, and Marky Bark is very scared. Uh, and of course, we get, um, for, I think, the only time in this season, someone yelling out no touching um, in, a, in a jail. Yeah. Uh, something you know which we've missed since uh, since the end of season one uh, and maybe here thinks that, that Lindsay was flirting with Herbert Love to get Marky out of jail um, to which she then kind of does that classic blue thing of you know kind of deciding that that's what she did do by saying that's what I should do and she's like that's exactly what I have done and did do <laughs> um, you know <laughs> which I think is fun now obviously maybe has her own agenda going on here she's encouraging her mother to kind of flirt with Herbert Love and you know she calls Herbert Love on behalf of Lindsay um, and she arranges for a meeting between between Herbert Love and Cindy Featherbottom at the Ealing Club um, and you know, when we get there, we find out that, you know, there's no cameras and no phones. And that's why uh, Herbert Love likes that particular venue. <laughs> um, you know, this is something that, you know, in some other episodes, you find out that Herbert Love has a problem with, um, you know, people taking pictures. Um, and then we get some some Herbert Love rhyming um, <laughs> where Lindsay says, thanks for thank you for being willing to meet. And he goes, meet, greet, sure are sweet. What a treat. What did the lamb say? And I like how he waits for a second and Lindsay goes, bar? And he goes, bleat. <laughs> and I just, I just don't know. I don't know why they kind of, I don't know why he does it, but it's just a funny, it's a nice little kind of uh, play on some of the stuff that Herman Cain used to do, um, you know, where he would kind of make up. Yeah, he was very weird. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, obviously Lindsay tries to talk about Marky Bark who Herbert Love calls of Little Boy Blue. <laughs> um, and he starts complimenting Lindsay, you know, talking about her cheekbones and talking about her lips. Um, <laughs> and, you know, obviously Marky Bark can't see these features, so he doesn't compliment Lindsay. So this kind of, this is all it takes to, to you know, get Lindsay on his side. 
Um, and, you know, Herbert goes off to uh, to do some business, um, you know, with, uh, with Lindsay. But in between, Lindsay runs into uh, Michael in the lobby of the, the Ealing Club. This is where, you know, they kind of talk. Uh, again, another person in Lindsay's life who's trying to make her remember her kind of roots and, you know, the fact that she likes to protest. And, you know, sorry, Michael suggests that Lindsay talks to Herbert Love about the the, the wall. Um, you know, the idea, of course, that a politician would support building a wall between the US and Mexico is completely absurd. Uh, only a, a cartoon character yeah. would, uh, would suggest <laughs> such a thing. Um, this episode has aged kind of poorly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to get too yeah. much into that because obviously, you know, we all know where we are with that. But yeah, it is it is kind of funny that, you know, and here's the thing as well. Like this, this wall storyline was a satire on um, George W. Bush putting a fence up along the southern border, um, you know, yeah. a fence that kind of ended up. Actually, this is actually something that happened. There were a couple of towns in Texas that ended up in Mexico because of where the border wall ran. Um, so that is what inspired this this kind of you know this this kind of joke. Uh, and the show has always you know since the pilot has been a satire of you know wealthy kind of politicians. Um, you know, there's all the stuff with um, you know Iraq and everything. You know, obviously a satire on yeah. on the, on the Bush you know, presidency, uh, you know, all the stuff with Halliburton and, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that's always been in the show that's kind of been a, a bit of a political satire. So, you know, this stuff with the wall is just kind of more of that. Um, but, you know, obviously it's given a slightly different spin. They were ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, so I like here how Lindsay yeah. seems to think that there's a wall already there. She wants to suggest taking the wall down and Michael goes, or just not put it up because there's no wall there yet. <laughs> She's like, oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah, I knew that. And, of course, she says, if you could get him against the wall, Lindsay, you know, that's 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 it. That's his last kind of suggestion to her. And, of course, you know, Michael isn't being socially conscious, despite the fact that, you know, this is the thing that he's he's bringing out in Lindsay. He's actually just trying to use it because he needs, um, he needs to get it done to kind of get George Sr. on his side so that he can get uh, the, the movie rights for his father. Um, you know and we get a little bit here of some new stuff with George Senior and Michael this wasn't in Michael's episode where he actually struck this deal where George Senior says you know that he, you know obviously Michael likes this girl the girl being Rebel Alley and he says is, you know he says she, you know she's like Tracy and he goes fat Tracy or thin Tracy at the end oh god <laughs> <laughs> so it's just they are always so mean about Tracy. It's such a dark but very yeah. good joke. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, it's funny because obviously, you know, I mean, it's not funny because, you know, she ended up dying of cancer. But I, I just think it's funny that the rest of the Blue family are so insensitive about that particular thing, um, you know. Yeah. And so obviously Michael is looking for a change of heart from Herbert Love about the war. Um, you know, he wants him to come out against the war. Um, now, obviously, <laughs> Lindsay will will kind of will say the words against the wall, but it will end up being something completely different. And we get a brief exchange here, which, which will be you know, which will be further expanded upon, I think, in the final episode of the season, which is Michael lying to George Michael about being in a traffic jam. Um, and this is one of my favourite parts of that episode later on. But I, this is kind of the seeds of it, where 
you know, Michael can't get up to to go to you know the in the Ealing Club because it's a members only, and so he starts talking about how you know. Uh, he's on the freeway and the traffic shut down and there's there's no you know there's no cruise so no one's going to see it and then of course George Michael calls back and he's like he's like oh yeah we're in the same traffic jam this is a mess he's like obviously we're going to have to you know they're forcing us off the road they're closing the lanes so there's a whole that whole thing it ends up being like five or six minutes in a later episode but I like that we get kind of the beginnings of it here um and you know, once again, in her in Herbert Love's hotel room, Lindsay is there, um, abandoning her principles, <laughs> and she says to Herbert Love, "You know, uh, you can't do this unless you promise to be against the wall." And so, of course, Herbert Love turns around. So he is his back is at the wall, and Le- Lindsay is in front of him, and he says, "What the hell? It's better for my back anyway." Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it basically. It, in the end, Lindsay is not persuading Herbert Love to do anything. I, I like here how we get to the caption which says, much later. <laughs> and Lindsay goes, that was not quick. <laughs> uh, you know, and I like as well how Love, Herbert Love says, I paid for six hours. I want to get my money's worth. And of course, Lindsay says, imagine what would have happened if you had the room for the whole night. And of course, Herbert Love goes, I've got it for the whole month. And then she goes, you crack me up. So obviously she's not hearing what he's he's kind of saying, and he's not he's not understanding what she's talking about, and this is where we get a call back to one of my favourite jokes in the um, in season three, where Lindsay says it's like we finish each other's, and then Herbert Love goes sandwiches. Like the, when <laughs> uh, she finishes Michael's sentence, <laughs> saying sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was so very good. There's yeah. A, yeah, there's a nice little call back to that, and then of course. We find out that Herbert Love is, is angry about the fact that they're eating sandwiches because, you know, he's raising a lot of money and he wants better than sandwiches. Um, get a, we get a little bit of a flashback to the previous Lindsay episode where we see Maybe under heavy makeup talking about how when love is near your heart, you'll be happy. Um, and then Herbert Love, of course, says this way you'll always have a little bit of love near your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which we get the Indian singers once again going, coincidence, in the background. Uh, and... We get a little bit of a pretty woman thing here, which should clue Lindsay in to what's going on. Where <laughs> Herbert Love goes to snap the box, uh, the jewelry box shut, and it, it actually snaps on her fingers <laughs> rather than her pulling them away like Julia Roberts once did. Um, and I like how he goes, I saw that in a movie. Um, and, you know, this is where she becomes his key advisor, which of course is a pun. <laughs> because all that means is she's going to have a key to the hotel room, and uh, he says, "I'll advise you when you when you, I'll advise you to use it when I call you." Um, so I, I just think that's quite funny, you know, that uh, <laughs> he he ends up he ends up kind of I don't know I just love when the blue you know anything on Arrested Development kind of uses puns like that. Yeah, I really like the the all the double entenders between. Love and Lindsay. And then we get a little bit of crossover, or, or, or at least the start of it. In the next episode, we'll see the end of this meal, essentially. <laughs> uh, but here we see the beginning of it, where Herbert Love and Lindsay um, are going to the Balboa Yacht Club, uh, and they're putting it on the family's tab. But of course, Michael is already there uh, with Rebel Alley. And there's a, I mean, 
you know, there's a great bit of kind of um, Portia de Rossi and, and Jason Bateman here where they, they hug each other and they keep whispering things to each other. Um, <laughs> where they're like, what are you doing here? You know, um, and she's like, I need to put, put this on the tab. And it's like, it's too late. I'm already using it. And then, you know, there's just they, they keep <laughs> they keep hugging to whisper the different things and kind of come up with a deal. You know, that obviously, you know, they're, they're going to, um, you know, he, he's a, he's assuming that she's already done the deal by talking to him about the wall. And, you know, <laughs> she says, I'm Cindy Featherbottom. And then Michael goes, I used to be a real estate tycoon and now I'm an impressive producer. And then when they're asked, how do they know each other? Um, <laughs> they get up and they hug and they're like high school and they're like brother and sister and then they sit back down and Michael goes we don't we just met <laughs> yeah there's a lot of it's like a really elaborate kind of joke for them to come up with nothing you know like they, they don't even have a yeah, cover story go back and forth and no cover story right yeah it was pretty good and of course, Rebel Ali hates Herbert Love, and uh, you know she starts making jabs at him. Of course, he says, "I guess the special tonight is Red Snapper," um, <laughs> and uh, you know uh, he, he he starts going on about the Great American Scallop, and I, I, I it's just such a yeah. it's just such a weird thing that like you know the kind of putting the word American in front of stuff is something that politicians do. <laughs> um, and and yeah. then you know we find out you know about uh, Ron Howard and how uh, Herbert Love, uh, you know he hates the guy. He's just another Hollywood liberal big shot. Um, and uh, and this is where Rebel Ali, because obviously Michael thinks that uh, Ron Howard is, um, you know, Rebel Ali's uh, boyfriend rather than her father. Boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, Michael kind of doesn't want to defend Ron Howard, but he sort of kind of has to. Um, and then, you know, he gets a, f a call on his phone and, you know, kind of is, is on the phone. Uh, and at this particular point, um, <laughs> you know, the, the Rebel Ali is still going at, um, you know, Herbert Love saying that he's a misogynist. And, uh, you know, obviously everything that Rebel Ali is saying is what Lindsay really thinks anyway. And, and she wants to agree with her, but she can't agree with her <laughs> so because she's there with Herbert Love. Um, and I like how after Rebel Ali leaves, Herbert Love says, now that is one redhead I do not want to have sexual relations with. Which <laughs> is such a kind of very specific kind of thing to say. But obviously, once again, calls out to um, Bill Clinton's phrasing of sexual relations. Um, but yeah. Uh, and also, you know, obviously when uh, Michael was going out with um, Rita, Charlie's yeah. Theron, he, you know, he, he referred to it. She, when she referred to it as sexual relations, he said that obviously shows that she's ready to, that they were ready to have sex because she <laughs> used that phrase. So um, obviously she was not ready. Um, and I like how, you know, Herbert Love leaves here by saying, um, you know, I think the best position for me tonight is with my wife. And then he says very loudly and going, and tomorrow I'm taking my wife and children to see the beautiful American Ocean. And it's just like... Uh, and some people start clapping. Yeah, they start applauding because he said American again. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, like I said, Terry Crews is wonderful in this episode. Um, and at this particular point, um, you know, Lindsay, uh, as the narrator says, is kind of trying to figure out who she, who she was, um, you know, when she ran into a man who couldn't tell either, which is the great phrasing of that. And of course, it's Marky Bark once more. Mm -hmm. You know, as part of the the various whisperings and during the hugging, um, 
Michael had agreed to speak to Warden Gentiles, who obviously is the screenwriter for his uh, film project, uh, to help get Marky Bark out of prison. And so when we see Marky Bark here, obviously, um, you know, that's probably what happened is, you know, Warden Gentiles has, has gotten Marky Bark out of prison. Um, and Marky Bark is going around getting scallops from out of the uh, the dumpster. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and Lindsay reveals herself to be Lindsay to Marky Bark, obviously because otherwise he wouldn't know. Uh, and he talks that he's you know about sinking Herbert Love's boat. Uh, he says that uh, you know he's going to plant a real bomb, not a paint bomb. And he says on Cinco de Cuatro, Love's boat is going to. And Lindsay goes Cinco. And, he, and, of course, Mikey Bart yeah. continues by saying, go into the, oh, yeah, Cinco. <laughs> Something he, obviously, he hadn't even thought of. And then he's going to go down to Mexico. And Lindsay, at this particular point, you know, she doesn't, she's kind of enjoying being with, um, with Herbert Love. But she doesn't want to, you know, to, to kind of go back to Marky Bart. But obviously, you know, she hates what Herbert Love stands for. But and she, you know, she she kind of wants to be an activist. So she's, you know, she's torn basically on on what her actual purpose is. Um, and <laughs> we find out um, that Herbert Love is, you know, on the night of Cinco is getting rid of Lindsay. I like as well how when she says I'm not a prostitute, Herbert Love goes, Oh no no, <laughs> he goes he goes I know I know like agreeing with her, but obviously kind of only for for show basically. Um, and he says, "Here's a severance package for servicing my package." Um, and we, we get we get a joke here as Lindsay tries to throw the money in his face, but uh, she cannot let go of the money. Um, yeah, it's physically impossible for her to throw away money. Yeah, and I like how the campaign manager is like, she's keeping it, and she still keeps trying to throw it, but it just won't be thrown. You know, and she decides not to, you know, go help Marky Bark. Um, and I like as well that. Um, that when Lindsay earlier when she when Lindsay went to visit Lucille in prison, she saw um, Lindsay and said, "Oh, look, a, a high a high class hooker." Um, to, which, to which Lindsay was like, "Thank you." And then here she goes, "I thought you were a hooker again." Um, and Lindsay, you know, she says no one recognizes her in the wig, um, and you know she says that she's hooking with Herbert Love. Um, so obviously, once we get to Maybe's ex- uh, you know episode, we find out that yes, indeed, Lindsay has been hired as a prostitute um, for <laughs> Herbert Love uh, by the campaign manager. And so you know, L- L- Lindsay at this point is kind of she. <laughs> Lucille says, you know, I'm a bluth and so are you. And Lindsay goes, you really know how to twist a knife. <laughs> and this is where you know she takes off the red wig and uh, and kind of leaves it. Uh, obviously, another another bluth will pick that wig up later on and use it to hide. She goes to see Lucille too, but unfortunately, Sally Sitwell is you know her campaign manager. I think it's interesting that obviously um, Lucille too is still closer to Lindsay's beliefs but you know the fact that Sally Sitwell is now the manager means that you know she can't do that and I like as well that um you know we we find out here that uh that there are photos of a mystery redhead with Herbert Love um one of which was a photo booth in the Ealing Club uh you know something that (laughs) that helped Michael figure out who Rebel Alley was um but also you know has obviously incriminated Lindsay here um and you know, Lindsay, the narrator says, was horrified that the world would view her as love's prostitute. Um, and she runs into to the campaign manager, David, who <laughs> who is looking for Herbert Love. 
Um, and, you know, obviously Lindsay now without her wig and, you know, with her short blonde hair, David does not recognise who she is. And obviously, you know, he he kind of, um, he asks Lindsay to, um, to come up on stage and uh, do a speech. And obviously she is going to kind of expose Herbert Love uh, for the cheater that he is. And she says that she's his key advisor. Uh, but obviously the, the double entendre is lost on the crowd um, because <laughs> the crowd start to get excited. And, you know, <laughs> the blowback begins. Uh, this is a feature of a number of the second episodes where at some point, uh, you know, the, the various Mexicans who are, who are in attendance to Cinco de Cuatro get angry and start turning things over and throwing things into the bay. <laughs> and... While this is happening, of course, um, you know, uh, Lindsay has her necklace, like, taken from her that was given to her by Herbert Love. And she accidentally says into the microphone, uh, you know, they don't belong here, we belong here. To which the crowd starts to cheer. And then, of course, Lindsay says, I mean, yeah. someone should put up a wall. And then she starts, she starts the chant, put up this wall. I feel like if it just had one less word... That could be a little bit catchier, you know. Maybe if that word was built. Yeah, the, the chanting is not as catchy. Yeah. As as it ended up being really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the the, the chanter put up this wall is seen in um, George Senior's episode, and of course he's the one who grabs the wig. You know, Lindsay admits that she is Lindsay Bluth, and this is who she is. You know, and uh, you know David says she's a game changer, um, and the narrator says just like her mother. Uh, and that's where we end the episode. And then we get the on the next, where we find out that Herbert Love is in a coma. Uh, and Lindsay has had her hair done. So <laughs> she looks... Yeah, it's a very Hillary Clinton hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The irony being, of course, that if, you, if, you, if you've seen the episode, uh, the, um, the George Senior episode, you find out, obviously, that Lucille 2, uh, you know, possibly fell down the stairs. And... Um, and the person who is going to be taking over her campaign is is Sally Sitwell uh, while she is missing. Yeah. And now Herbert Love is in a coma and uh, they found apparently Herbert Love behind the kicker goat. And as with, as, with the, as with Buster's coma, the doctors say he may come out of it in a week to 10 years, <laughs> which is... And I, I love this joke where David, the campaign manager, he keeps saying, would you consider? And Lindsay keeps going, yes, before he can even finish the question. But he keeps going, would you consider? And she keeps going, yes. And then eventually she kind of stops for a second and he goes, would you consider running his place? And then she stops and goes, yes. <laughs> and then they, they, yeah. they get a, a photograph with Herbert with his eyes held open and, uh, and giving a thumbs up as if, it, if, as if she's uh, in, in, endorsing, uh, endorsing uh, Lindsay. You know, should we ever get to a season five? Then, you know, it will be once again Sally Sitwell versus Lindsay uh, in, a, in a campaign to kind of uh, in a political campaign so and then we get one final kind of button to the whole show and we see that uh, Onyong Bluth is um, <laughs> has got a tomato juice that has cost $700 and he's trying to put it on the uh, the, the, the kind of the, the family tab the family uh, tab yeah but unfortunately I'm, I'm guessing the family tab is not been paid in a while and apparently this costs him his freedom. And the narrator says, goodbye, An Young. And, uh, <laughs> An Young. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the only appearance of An Young in this season that I can remember. Yeah, I guess he'll end up in jail for yeah. the next time we see him. <laughs> Maybe someone will visit him. 
I really liked how how Lindsay's storyline closed. I if there is a well, there's gonna be a, a fifth season. I'm very excited about where they take Lindsay's Lindsay's plot. And I think I you know I think obviously you know when you get to season two, season three of the season, this is something that I said in some of the episodes as well. You know, the characters, they end up getting flanderized and, you know, the thing that made their characters special, you know, the kind of depth that they kind of had in season one and most of season two, by season three, it was kind of lost. And so, you know, everything yeah. about Tobias was just gay jokes. You know, everything about Lindsay was kind of, you know, like how much she, you know, how oblivious she was. And, you know, so kind of this this episode and the previous episode kind of take her back to her roots of being someone, you know, who... Uh, you know who does protesting and who has like a, a political bent and i think you know that's that's kind of the best way to take the character because you know when she even though most of the causes she was you know championing were kind of useless or you know fruit fruitless it, it's kind of helpful to have that part of her character kind of be resurrected um you know and mm-hmm. even yeah. if even if you know she does have a type of kind of going after men who end up covered in blue paint um, you know, I think I think they kind of at least flesh her character back out a little bit. Um, you know, in this episode, yeah, they gave her kind of a purpose. Like <clears throat> you are doing yeah. this thing, and next season you are gonna be in a political t- uh, thread. So it's it's a, it's interesting. Yeah, is this the last we see of Lindsay this season? Uh, I think there's little pieces of this episode, you know, that cross over with later episodes, like um, you know Tobias's episode and various other things. But yeah, I think this is kind of the last bit of Portia de Rossi. I think there's some there's some Cinco de Quattro stuff in in a few of the later episodes where you see her kind of in the background or you know some of the scenes that we've already seen in this episode but yeah this is mostly the kind of the end of her storyline and obviously at the end you know with Herbert Love in a coma um you know and obviously Lucille too is also missing at that point as well essentially I'm guessing that's the day after that is actually Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I was going to say the yeah. day after the day after Cinco de Quattro but obviously we know what that is. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's that's kind of as far ahead in the storyline as Lindsay is. Uh, the same with George Senior. The end of George Senior's last episode was, was a police officer knocking on the door to question him about Lucille 2 being missing. Uh, and the same with, um, uh, you know, I think... Uh, who else's episodes are, are in the future? I think there's a, there's like most of the episodes at this point, if you don't see the character again, it's because they, you know, you don't see George Senior again. You do see him in other episodes, but you don't see the furthest point ahead because that's already yeah. gone by, you know. So once you get to the, you know, once you get to any 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 character being after Cinco, then that's that's as far ahead as they are, and essentially that's the end of their story. Yeah, that's where the plot ends for this season. And yeah. you know something I didn't mention, but um, <laughs> um, Lucille, when she's in prison, her her number on her uniform is zero seven seven three four. Which, if you were to put that in on a an old style calculator, and turn it upside down, it would spell hello. <laughs> uh, that's a very 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 deep joke. Yeah, so yeah. that that's just that's something you get to see. I mean, obviously, that's something that will also come back in um, in Lucille's episode in a few episodes time. But yeah, like there's there's that little quick joke in there for for some observant people, and obviously, you know, the fact that they say goodbye Anyong, and Anyong being hello. It's just, it's just yeah. kind of like the opposite. And Hello being his real name as well. You know, it's, it's a whole <laughs> series of kind of jokes just in those final two words in the episode. So, I mean, I, I you know, this episode is is kind of very long. I think each time each time we get to an episode, I keep saying this, but this is now the longest episode of the series. 
the previous longest episode was 35 minutes so this is 36 minutes 29 so this is the longest episode so far i think it might be the longest episode overall because i don't think anything gets up to 36 minutes from now on i think most of the episodes are about 35 kind of 34 minutes around that area but yeah so you know i i I kind of enjoy what they're doing here like i said in the previous Lindsay episode you know um putting portia de rossi kind of front and center um, I think it gives her a chance, you know, particularly the fact that she's working with Terry Crews for most of this episode. And obviously, you know, there's a few scenes with Alia Shawkat. Um, you know, these are people that she works really well with, um, you know. And I, I think yeah. she gets, you know, she gets, by, by having the spotlight on her in this episode, I think Portia de Rossi gets to really kind of play um, the straight person to a lot of kind of slightly wackier characters. Something obviously that, you know, Jason Bateman mostly would do. It, during the actual run of the series, but I think she, you know, she acquits herself well. You know, I've always enjoyed Portia de Rossi as an actress, and I think she, you know, she does really well here as as the kind of the center of this episode. You know, how do you feel about the episode overall, Enrique? I, I like the episode. I rewatched the the season a couple of months ago, and I really enjoy the structure, knowing how things are gonna end up fitting. And Lindsay's episode fits with a lot of episodes. Like when you talk about the reveal that maybe had been pimping her mother, or how it connects to what ends up happening to to Herbert Love, or, or like Michael's plot with Rebel Ali. I, I like how it fits all together. And as an episode, it kind of, it's kind of long, but overall it's pretty good. I like how they gave Lindsay kind of a, her own plot, because I kind of remember that sometimes she was like, hanging around in the series yeah except when there was a Tobias or a maybe plot and I like her here I yeah I kind of miss her interactions with Tobias and there's not that many interactions with maybe but as you say uh, Terry Cruz is pretty good he he's a very good partner for her uh, yeah. Marky Bark is okay I prefer that actor in more active roles like in Silicon Valley yeah. Well, he's very, very dodgy, and it works better for, for him. <laughs> Here, Marky is like, man, kind of bland, but yeah. Terry Cruz is very good, so it yeah. even ends. Yeah, and I'd like as well, you know, um, you know, obviously, um, it's worth mentioning as well, something that obviously I missed a little bit, but uh, when Lindsay starts the chant at the end of, you know, put up this wall, um, that is something that the Bluffs have done previously where, you know, they chanted, don't buy, don't buy. And they chanted speech, <laughs> speech, 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 when For nobody no knew who's going to make a speech. Yeah, so, you know, start, yeah. starting chants with no real kind of purpose is something that the Bluffs have done before now. And it's nice that yeah. kind of Lindsay gets a chance to do that uh, in this episode. But yeah, I think I think the thing with the, the show, obviously, is like the first four or five episodes are a lot about setting up the structure of the season. And then kind of like the next ten episodes actually pay that off and reward it because you know you start to see where the episodes cross over you know michael is knocked over by an ostrich and like we say it takes seven episodes before you find out what that ostrich is doing there um you know maybe is actually kind of she's in the apartment when they turn up with the ostrich but she's hiding you know so you get to see you get to see the arrival of of Lindsay and Marky Bark from Maybe's point of view in a later episode. So, you know, there's lots of little kind of things like that, which, you know, I think when people binge the show, they were expecting, you know, like, um, at that point, people had had the DVDs for so, so long, they were probably expecting, as you, as you would with the old show, you know, to be able to binge, you know, five or six episodes, and, and they would kind of, 
they would work like they did, you know, with the old show. But this is a, a different structure. You know, it's something that takes a few rewatches before you start to get all the kind of little jokes that are being hidden, you know, along the way in these these fifteen episodes. You know, particularly the fact that we've got like part of that that phone call with uh, with Michael. You know, that's not going to get paid off for like another four episodes or five episodes. <laughs> and true. so, you know, you d- you don't know why George Michael's angry with him, and you know, like so, there's there's lots of little things like that where. You know, you watch. You it's funny enough with Michael kind of making up these excuses on the phone with George Michael, but then when you see those paid off, you kind of appreciate what they were setting up earlier in the season. So the strength of the th- of the season is how many things pay off in the end. Like the fake block thing is like the it's one of my favorite reveals. <laughs> it's like they set up this fake block thing and it's it ends up being so dumb, and yeah. it's like oh wow, it's like ten episodes hyping this, and it's like. A noise for like hitting a block. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it, that was great. Yeah, I really enjoy how some things pay off. Okay, well, uh, I think we've said as much as we can about this episode. So uh, let's go to plugs. Do you have anything you wish to plug, Enrique? Yeah, I'll plug my podcast. Uh, I have a TV series related podcast. We premiere our new episodes every Tuesday. The podcast is called El Stream Matual Cable, which in English is Stream Kill Cable. Every every year that passes, it becomes truer. <laughs> I I guess we picked our name correctly. <laughs> and well, it's in Spanish, so if you uh, listen uh, understand Spanish, you can listen to the podcast. You can search for it on on Facebook and on iTunes. I think we are going to do, be talking about uh, Boyac Horseman next. By the time this podcast comes out, uh, the next one I think will be about Boyac Horseman. Um, and I mean, I should just ask you: Is it odd to hear people saying Cinco de Cuatro? Because that essentially is nonsense, isn't it? As a name? Yeah, it, it's nonsense. <laughs> I mean, it it makes no sense. <laughs> Even the celebration makes no sense. And also, well, I'm I'm not Mexican, so I don't know what Cinco de Mayo it actually is. But it's, it has always been weird for me that American shows portray Cinco de Mayo as some kind of national celebration. Where Mexico's day is 5th September 15th, I think. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's just so, it is odd. But the fact that it's just essentially 5th of the 4th or something is, is like how it translates, isn't it? So it just, it doesn't yeah. make any sense just as, as like yeah, a Spanish phrase. Yeah, it's not the 4th month. Yeah. So. It's the 5th month. <laughs> it's the day before, so it should, it should be Cuatro de Mayo, but it just is, yeah. I just like, I just like that. The Blues don't understand Spanish at all, even when they're trying to be vengeful towards spanish people yeah. they don't have any idea how the language works <laughs> anyway yeah you can uh, you can find us on facebook at huge mistake podcast or you can follow us on uh, on twitter at huge mistake pod thanks much more for being my guest enrique thanks a lot for inviting me again i hope i'll i can come back soon <laughs> and otherwise uh goodbye <laughs>